Good morning, everybody. Ooh, I'm on the bottom. This is episode number 62 of the Whiteboard Brief podcast. Good morning, Kristen. Sup? All right, good. I'm watching all the lines <laughs> go up. I thought they were opposite, and I was like, why isn't mine going? But I'm on the bottom now. You bottom? Have, I don't even know you what have, you're talking about. You've achieved top level. Yes. I am queen. Oh, oh, yep. There it goes. Yep, okay. There you go. <laughs> Alrighty, everybody, we have officially wrapped up the Open in its entirety. That means Open and quarterfinals. And uh, Coach Kristen just finished up her weekend this past weekend. She had four workouts going on. I liked all the workouts. They were getting uh, a lot of criticism and whatnot. But you know what? This is CrossFit. We do hard shit, and I think people complain too much about doing something difficult that they don't want to do. And if we just change our mindset a little bit, and got after it, I think we'd all be in a little bit better place. Well, that's the podcast, guys. Thank you so much. All right. See you later. We'll see you in <laughs> two got weeks. right to the point and we're done. Um, so what do you think of the workouts? Well, first well, of all, let's go through the workouts. And we'll then go through, go through individual first because I, I still think those ones are Okay, good. we can do the that. The ones that I didn't do. And then we're going to tie it into something too as well where it's like, you know, why it's important to do new things and try new things as much as you're – not used to it and it makes you uncomfortable and you know uh the biggest one is you might not be good at it the first time that you do it why it's important to learn those new things and the connection because i think uh i say this all the time i think elite crossfit athletes are the worst portrayal of crossfit methodology and you know we do have the 10 general physical skills where coordination is part of that and when you try new things and you want to do for example a single under crossover it's like learning that mind-muscle connection and the tempo and the everything like that that goes into doing that successfully. That's a big part of your fitness that people don't think about, the neurological aspect of it. Um, let me pull up the workouts because I don't remember them entirely, but we will get them up here. How's your day going, Kristen? Oh, well, you know, just had my sandwich. <laughs> nice. Good. What yeah, a good yeah. day. I get excited when I get to go home and I make like a giant bowl of popcorn and i have my zevia for the day that's nice coke flavored yeah no caffeine i uh i always find it challenging to when i'm just a little bit short on carbs finding just a straight carb source but popcorn is such a good one yeah you'd be surprised how much protein's in there yeah i mean that's not like the worst to add that in but yeah um i usually go for a piece of fruit i don't really keep any fruit in my house because I, do. I don't have much carbs right now. I'm oh, no, that's a lie. I had it. I'm yeah, actually, sorry. I'm hoping that I get bumped up today. <laughs> My check-in was yesterday, and uh, I think I'm up for a, a little bump on the, the food there. And I'm very excited for it if it happens. If it doesn't, I'm going to be a little bit let down, but we'll just keep grinding on. All well, right. It must be nice to be given all the food. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for oh, it. Weight, this, weight gain journey. All right, this is age group. I want individual. Click them. Alrighty. Quarterfinals workout number one. Nine front squats, weight one. Nine handstand walks at 25 feet. 15 front squats, weight two. 15 muscle ups, 21 front squats, weight three. And then 21 chest to wall handstand push ups. And the barbell went from heaviest to lightest. So started off for the guys at 225, for the ladies at 155. Second barbell was 185 for the guys, 125 for the ladies. And then the third barbell was 135 for the guys and 95 for the ladies. Time cap, 15 minutes. I like that workout because people, I would say for the non-elite, it's a challenge of like 
not only shoulder fatigue, but like I think people forget of how much your pec is involved, like in a front squat when you're supporting the weight. Mm-hmm. Like just and your lats too. Mm-hmm. So like of course the handstand pushups are gonna suck when mm-hmm. you get to that part. Um, but like, that's always the thing. Like when I look at workouts, I'm like, all right, what part of my body is going to hurt the most? Like, where is this complementing? Um, or where are they complementing each other? Is this like a push pull? Is it just all grip? Um, but I like that. I think this one didn't surprise me the most in terms of how fast they got it done. But, um, the, those handstand pushups are, um, they shocked a lot of people at the end. So I think it was appropriately placed yeah. At the end. There's two things that stand out to me in this workout. And one is the front squat from the floor. And it's like, how many times in class when we're doing something do people immediately ask? This is the first question. Is, is this from the rack? And then we say it's from the floor and people are like, ah. And it's like, all right, there's nowhere in life where something is going to be racked appropriately for you. Oh, right. Yeah. It, like, it's just not going to happen. So it adds a whole other aspect of being able to you know, understand how to take your body through a greater range where, you know, if you actually do the power equation, if that bar is traveling more distance, you are supplying more power into your bar, which the higher the power, the more efficient that movement that you are doing is or the more effective it's going to be because you're recruiting more muscles in the body. So first of all, I like the squats coming from the ground into that front rack because especially when your heart rate is up and you don't just have to walk over to a rack and unrack it onto your shoulders and go. And also the other aspect of it is how many times people put the barbell down when they're just a little bit uncomfortable. Well, if you got a 225 bar and you got to put that thing down, you got to think about the energy you're going to exert, pick it back up. It's going to kind of suck a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I like that part. And then the other thing that stands out to me is the chest to wall handstand pushups. I like these because they put you in a more traditional pressing position, whereas you can get away with a little bit of different things if you're kicking up onto the wall the other way like you have to literally press in the same way that you would press a strict press with a barbell in your hand and it recruits certain types of muscles that maybe people weren't doing but changing it up and challenging there's nothing wrong with that i i liked it i know a lot of people were complaining about it but of course they were yeah i think it i've known about this movement for years but the way that i was always taught about it before was to get people who have a really bad like upper back or very tight would probably be able to do this movement mm-hmm. again not with a 10 inch like thing from the wall but I was always told and I've tried I've talked to people about this too but to try it because if it's hard for them to kick up into a handstand on the wall because their shoulders or their upper back is tight they most likely could probably do this movement mm-hmm. um, again not being that close to the wall but and you're not really relying on that flexibility yeah. as much. Yeah, that's true too. And I, I like it just because you're almost required to have your elbows track in the proper position. Where like, uh, we see it all the time when we're trying to teach a handstand push-up, especially from the pike position. People's initial movement is to jack their elbows out to the side and really rely on their triceps. Rather than having it be the vast majority of your shoulders and your upper chest and then having your triceps be a supplement. Like when you go chest to wall, you have to be in the right position or it's not going to work. Oh, you mean like making a triangle or yeah, you have to make a triangle and you have to have your elbows tracking somewhat back towards the wall. Because if you go like this, just the position that you're in, it's going to be different. I'm trying to think what mine look like. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Let's look back at the footage. Not that. Oh, um, no, the footage, my phone decided not to record. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, that's okay. Apparently, CrossFit wouldn't review it anyways. No, I'm too far down the leaderboard for that to... Um, all right. I like that one. I think it was just classic CrossFit challenge with some gymnastics and some weightlifting. And then the next one that they had was 12-minute AMRAP. Eight dumbbell snatches on one arm, eight overhead walking lunge steps on that same arm, eight dumbbell snatches on the other arm, eight overhead walking lunge steps on the other arm, and then 40 crossovers. Uh, now, this is just straight shoulder fatigue the whole time. Yeah. And, you know, you have that heavier dumbbell, 70 pounds for guys, 50 for ladies, and you're staying on the same arm. You're not with the benefit of alternating where one arm gets a rest for a couple seconds where you can keep that going, but you have to do eight single arm snatches and then hold it up there in a locked out position while you snatch and stabilize. And then we get to the end after we do both arms and we got those 40 crossovers, which is a newer movement, but nobody's surprised because they were there last year. And it's like, well, the double under was there. The double under was there, but same idea. It's like getting that. I think they threw up a layup with the 40 crossover single unders. Because like yeah, the oh double yeah. under was very advanced, and it was like I was surprised yeah. some people were able to figure that out as quickly as they did. But like forty crossovers, you know, it's something that you know you could probably figure out. However, you figure that out before the workout, and I saw a lot of people have trouble with this. And then you get into it with the shoulder fatigue. Now all of a sudden your upper body isn't working like it did before, and you start kind of yeah the arms are drifting away from the body, or you're not crossing over as excessively as you should be. Yeah. Yeah, but, but um, I, not, well, go ahead. I was just going to say the biggest thing about the crossovers is people forget the 10 general physical skills of CrossFit that makes up the methodology and coordination is one of those. And when you have coordination, I would say even a touch of accuracy, it's like that makes up the neurological component to your fitness. And, you know, they say right in the level one, you're only as good as, you know, how proficient you are across all of these skills and not just one. It's like, yeah, the pretty stuff, the cardio and the strength is cool, but that is also a big part of CrossFit and what we do. And that's a coordination piece of gold right there with 40 crossovers because you're doing a lot of different things with timing and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I loved it. I like them. Yeah, there was a lot of, I mean, people were, because it's like boring or whatever, but, or it's like playground type of stuff, but it, like this has been around. How many times have boxers done some kind of movement like this. Oh, like, that's this is such not a, good point. a foreign movement to us. So, yep. um, in uh, even the single arm stuff, staying on one side, I'm not surprised that showed up because it was, I like they had added in one or two workouts and cap programming. So it was like I'm not surprised that it showed up um, because it is neglected. Like they did single leg stuff and then they've done some single arm stuff. Um, so I'm not surprised, but I, again, something that I think is neglected is like fatiguing. And I think some people went into that. I, w I would be surprised if like, they didn't do this, if switching which arm starts every round, because if you're starting with your right and then ending with your left, and then you go into the crossover, and now your left arm's tired, and then are you going to do that every single time? Like little things like that can make a difference. Yeah. Like, oh, next round, I should probably start with my left. And then my right side will be more fatigued going into the crossovers. So Strategy, balance yeah, it out. I think a lot of people just look at the workout and they're like, oh, I'm just going to do one, two, three. And it's like, no, you need to have mm -hmm. five, six, seven, all the way up to an infinity of like ways that you can get through this workout. Yeah. For sure. And it's like, you know, adjusting on the fly too. It's a lot of thing that, that people don't understand oftentimes. It's like, oh, they start to feel 
a little bit challenged by a barbell that feels different than they thought it would or a dumbbell that feels different than they thought it would halfway through a workout. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're not incapable of doing that. You just have to change up the strategy of how you do it just a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think you made a very good point with boxers. Boxers have been jump roping since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. And they do it for their coordination and their timing and their footwork. And I would say boxers are probably up there with being one of the fittest athletes out oh, there. Sure. Yeah. Like, especially in terms of stamina and cardiovascular, like without a doubt. And footwork is absolutely critical. So it's like, if you're going to argue a stupid little crossover and right. a quarterfinal, but you have these elite fucking killers out there that are using a jump rope, absolutely no problem. And they would just chuckle at that kind of thing. It's like, no, 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 that's, that's yeah. a cool aspect of it. But I like, so the good thing about quarterfinals, no matter the age group, is that it gives something for, you know, just to move. It gives an athlete or someone that's been doing it as long as me just a little bit more of an incentive. Like, as somebody that, like, I never would have made it to semifinals back in the day. I'm like, oh, I've been doing this long. Like, it's cool to do something else. And then to put movements in there where it's still keeping me surprised after doing, and even people that have been doing it longer. Like, no, there's still stuff that we haven't been tested. Right. Um, it's nice because, like, I don't want to do the same thing. Like, when we had Dave as the programmer, Dave Castro, it's like we got to the point where we expected it and we knew it was coming to the, like, people were, like, they had excuse me, like grid sheets and just Excel spreadsheets and everything. And it's like, that's not fun. I like that we're getting new things in there because that's just going to make it more vast, more varied, Mm -hmm. um, which you want because like we're, if we're adapting, are we staying fit? Mm -hmm. Like, no, we need to keep adapting. So we need the new stuff. I think all too many times in CrossFit, it happens where people get complacent with the things that they're doing yeah and they do a lot of the stuff that they feel like they're good at because they want to continue to feel like they're crushing things and you know over time people stray away from something that absolutely sucks and they're not good at it Mm -hmm. and then it gets thrown in something like this which i think is a perfect spot for it to get thrown in yeah it's like no no no. that's a very big part of growing as an athlete is being uncomfortable and failing sometimes because it's only going to make you better and you know that was a good point with it was almost predictable when castro was here not to say it wasn't good programming it was some of the best but it got predictable to a point and like people were punching it into chat gpt and figuring out what the open was (laughs) it's like no no no. bosman was like i'm not going to be predicted by some freaking computer And I like it. Plus Uh, it allows like, that's a quote unquote simple movement that it lets the people that are like lower on the leaderboard still feel like they can kind of hang because they might feel like they might be able to be a little more coordinated than a games athlete that was relying on just like raw strength when they're not that talented. So it's like, oh, we still feel like I can hang a little bit, which is fun. And even though you're going to be like 10,000th on the other ones. Yeah. Like that's okay. But it's like cool to get like, you know, a little, little fist bump every now and then. Hell yeah. Um, third workout, five rounds for time, five burpee box jump overs at a tall box, 30 and 24 inches, and then one clean and jerk, 275, 185, and you're adding one clean every round until you hit five. So it goes from one to two to three to four to five. People that read that wrong, like (laughs) one clean and jerk, like, come on, like, obviously it's not that. (laughs) I don't understand Did you do that? Because I'm sorry. No, I didn't. Like, I looked at it and I was like, okay, this has an asterisk. It's literally spaced out so that it stands alone. And it says, add one clean and jerk after each round. When I read that, I'm like, okay, add one clean and jerk after each round. Feel like the people that didn't understand that 
read the top piece and just completely ignored the line in the middle. Like oh, just yeah. didn't read it. Oh, for sure. Didn't think it was relevant or anything like that. And then they looked at the weights. It's like, because, yeah. That's a part of the thing we talk about all the time. Like, I don't understand how a person just doesn't see that. Especially doing CrossFit for a while. I mean, I think when I was looking at some of the workouts, like, I didn't read it fully because I got really excited. Like, when I first read the crossover one, I thought they were crossover double-unders, and I was, like, sick. Mm -hmm. And then I read it again. I was like, oh, they're just single-unders. But I was like, oh, that's still cool. So I don't know if people were, like, immediately looked at it and, like, just had a gut reaction and not. Could be. But, I mean, like... That it just shows you like how, how much important like how important patience is like when you're reading something mm -hmm. and how important it is because it helps you know a lot helps a lot a lot especially um, when you're in class <laughs> and I like the Read weight everything I like the weight on the barbell it's a, I love it's a it. separator it's the quarterfinals yeah. you got to remember it's not like the open where it's you know collectively inclusive for the whole world like you're taking the top ten percent of those people yeah and then you're throwing something else at them. And it's like, yeah, 275 is a hard barbell. You know, there's a good chunk of people that can't lift that. There's a good chunk of people that can lift it a couple times. And then there's a very small percentage of elite athletes that can just rep that shit out. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's totally fine. Because you could get somebody that, you know, might be right on the cusp of their one rep max. Or maybe it's a little bit more. Maybe it's a PR. And they just get that first round and they hit that 185 barbell. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's a win. 100% like it puts you in a challenge where yeah. you're getting into it with a competition on your back and it's like there's a little more adrenaline there I would have to do like a warm-up to it and immediately go three two one go and like do like almost like an imam to warm up and just like all right I've hit like say I do like 180 and you're like all right we gotta start the clock now because I don't know if I'm gonna make this and <laughs> if I fail it I have to like reset the clock for me to try every time I'm going to make a lift I like I have to reset the clock yeah because you don't, I don't know. 12 minute imams start the 10 minute clock at 11 minutes. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, all right, now we get to the last two, which these are two that I did myself too. These are the only two that I did. Um, four was 20 minute AMRAP of a 1,000 meter row, 50 GHD sit ups, 500 meter row, and 25 V ups. <sighs> I, I like that. And I did a variation of it, like a shorter one where. Like, it was smaller reps on the GHD, but rowing and the V-ups. But um, I think people forget how much core is involved in rowing and just, like, good posture. Mm -hmm. And as someone that already has crappy posture in a, my rowing, like, it, I got back on the rower and I was like, I only did 20 GHD and I'm <laughs> exhausted. Yeah. Um, and they weren't fast either. Yeah. But I, and then going in and having to do the V-up, which had very specific ranges of motion where I just I thought that that was a very well-written workout yeah. here's the thing that I like about it is if you don't know how to do a GHD setup properly like you just kind of rely making it worse for yourself for sure yeah you you don't you rely on other factors to do that sit up where you think it's just like a regular sit up on the floor and you're not using your quads and your core as a stabilizer you start to overwork your hip flexors. And then when you overwork your hip flexors, a lot of people don't realize that that stuff travels around to your back as well. Those muscles wrap around. So if you overwork your hip flexors in the GHD sit-up, and then over time, you start to get back on your rower, and all of a sudden your lower back muscles start to feel a little bit fatigued, that affects that. But then also, you get into a V-up, which is a new movement in competition mm -hmm. that requires a lot of hip flexor strength, and you smoke those out on the GHD, 
that's going to be a lot harder to maintain the standard, if not even just do it. And then the other complaint was, well, a V-up is just a warm-up exercise. Like, I don't understand why that's in a competition. It's, it's like, uh, hello, do you remember when wall walks came about? And everyone's yeah. like, oh, wall walk? We do those in warm-ups all the time. And it destroyed everybody. Yeah, I love it. And it still destroys everybody. And it's like, I, I think that those little things, because the movements that we do in warm-ups are prepping us for the other flashier movements. It's like, they're still great freaking movements. And if you can standardize them and put them in a test like this yeah. and throw people off their game just a little bit, I think it's fantastic. I mean, 2023 CrossFit Games, bear crawl, 200 feet for time. <laughs> oh, Honestly, like I think that would be great. Can you imagine they'd be complaining so bad and then it's like they all get destroyed and their hands are exhausted and like their arms are tired. It's Ima like, well. Imagine they do it on like Northfield, like a hundred yard bear crawl with a weight vest on. Oh, see, that would be cool. Yeah, They would get destroyed, <laughs> absolutely destroyed. And then people would be like, oh, it's just a bear crawl. We do those in warm-ups. No, but that's like when you see a modified rope climb when they're like pulling themselves up and back down. Mm -hmm. If you're not like hinging at your hip and you're keeping your body straight they are like they're harder than a rope climb yeah and so things like that people like forget how much those progressions that how hard they are yeah. and so i mean for somebody to put like a whatever quote-unquote warm-up movement in which we've done them in workouts for a long time um it, that, I don't, again, I really like this workout because yeah. it's just sneaky in so many different ways. Yeah, I, I think that part about like using your hip flexors too much is a sneaky dig at the elite athletes that often don't really focus on doing things right. And they just focus on their natural ability to be a beast on the floor. Or, oh, you're talking about like they're, where they're sitting on it? Where they're sitting, how they're actually executing the movement. Are they even using their – if you're sitting on the back side of that thing – what muscles are you using other than, like, I, I feel like you're crunched up so you wouldn't even be able to use your hip flexors. At least from, I don't know, I have weird hip flexors. I feel like it's just lower back or, like, your yeah. abs. I don't I, know, I think, it looks painful. I think when people are that strong at that level or, like, you're super new to the movement and you try to do it like a regular sit-up and really just curl your abs up, like, that's where you get into trouble. But, like, people don't understand that when you're in the bottom of a GHD sit-up, your knees shouldn't be locked out. They should be somewhat bent. And oh, right. you're snapping and squeezing those quads to allow your body to lever up at a very high rate. That's where you get that snapping effect on the GHD. I use my hammies. That too. It, it's everything. It, oh, it's, I try to. it's the whole lower body rather than just like thinking about using your abs only mm -hmm. to, to crunch yourself up mm -hmm. on that. So I, very creative workout. I loved it and I was sore, even though I didn't do GHDs because Eric was doing it um, actually for the test. Me and Katie did uh, ab mat sit-ups with a plate. I used 35 pounds and that, that was hard. <laughs> that was really hard. I think we overestimated the... I think that sounds like a great class workout. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> but when we were like, all right, what's a good comparison to GHD? I think we overshot the weight just a little bit. Um... All right, and then workout number five of individual. Um, I also did this one. 21 deadlifts, weight one, lower weight. Uh, guys, 225, ladies, 155. 21 chest and bar pull-ups, 15 deadlifts, weight two, 275, 185. 15 bar muscle-ups, and then nine deadlifts at 315, 205. Heaviest barbell, followed by nine rope climbs. Um, great workout. Yeah, grippy, right? Oh, I got to the, I finished with two rope climbs. And like, it was down to crunch time. There was one minute left and I jumped on the rope and I got to about 12 feet 
and my hands just wouldn't <laughs> close. And well, I don't know if anybody's ever been up on top of a rope when your hands won't close. It's scary. <laughs> I was like, what the Someone hell? down there to catch me? Yeah. I was like, holy Jesus. But well, you should have been using your grips on the deadlifts. <laughs> I should have been. That's right. Just don't videotape it. That's something that goes nationally to the whole community. Side note, I feel like they're setting a precedent this year. Next year, I feel like they're really going to lay the hammer down. And like, if you're using grips at any point, you should be DQ'd. Because yeah. that means that you're equipped. That's like someone putting like a, a weightlifting suit on that like does powerlifting and you're not supposed to be and you're hiding it. Like that yeah. you're using equipment that's helping you. You should be DQ'd immediately. I hate the idea <laughs> that elite athletes will do that and just blast the workout and be like, okay, I'm going to get a point deduction on this. Well, they expect it at this point. They don't care. Yeah, and they like they they almost outweigh it and do the calculation and be like, okay, if I get a fast enough score using this equipment that's not allowed, I'm going to take the penalty because it's still going to be better than the score would be if I didn't do it. I I hate that. And that video that came out with Danny Spiegel, and she just had a a quote in there that she was like, I don't even care about the podium. Like, I'm just doing this for myself. It's like, okay, if you're going to compete at the highest level of the sport, it's like you do it to win do it to win you should do everything to win or like be as best as you can but to do that and have that ability to go to the crossfit game something that people dream about yeah and to be like eh, it's whatever right and well you yeah i don't like that i don't (laughs) like that mindset at all no Um, i'm hoping that i hope that i want them to lay the hammer down this is that you're gonna get dq'd immediately for this dq'd immediately for this dq like i want them to be specific they should and just own up to it. But what needs to happen is they need to be okay with a top-level athlete getting DQ'd from the competition. I am here for it. I'm here for the drama. It needs to happen because you can't set a good example by no. skating the line. Like, that's why no. when I everyone thinks I'm being an a-hole because I'm, like, making sure they're doing, like, the full range of motion, I do the same thing when I work out. I don't skate the line. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm just completely unaware. But I make sure I move well. That's why Jimmy doesn't have to know rep me. Most of the, unless it's like a blatant, like I didn't make a lift, like that's obvious. Yeah. Or I didn't get like a bar, like I didn't get over the bar. So like those, but I make sure I'm moving 100% well enough. And, you know, so. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. So if you are the person that goes in and tries to skate the line and cheat, that's how you do everything in life. Yeah, mic drop. Like it says a lot about you as a person. Um, all right, moving on to age group. And I'm, I'd want to talk about these four workouts because you did them all and sure i think did. we'll have a lot of of insight in there and oh. how these things went <laughs> and everything um so first workout here was all for time this was the lunging and gymnastics so very similar to the individual workout that had the front squats and the gymnastics just kind of a little bit different twist on it so three rounds of two 25 foot dumbbell walking lunges dumbbells by your side 20 toes to bar immediately followed by two rounds of 25 foot or two 25 foot dumbbell walking lunges in the rack position and that is proper rack position correct yes. could you put them i usually i'm like a like resting on the head and like i tried in the warm-up and like whacked my ear and i'm like yeah i'm just gonna front rack it yeah <laughs> I, I hate that i always like pinch my ear hit my head and it hurts um 10 bar muscle ups and then oh no the oh, sorry 15 overhead. chest to bar pull-ups and then the final one was one round of two 25 foot dumbbell walking lunges overhead position mm-hmm. followed by 10 bar muscle ups um increasing difficulty in gymnastics increasing difficulty in positioning of the dumbbells dumbbell weight stays the same general fatigue starts to increase throughout 
and it makes that pretty damn hard because I think a lot of people don't realize how much your shoulders are used in those gymnastics, and then you got to go overhead and stabilize uh, two dumbbells. Yeah. Not to mention you got a lot of mobility going on in that last overhead position that you got to hold on to. <laughs> I like it. How did it, it go? Um, I was happy. I think that's the one workout I was. Uh, I've had two, well, there was two kind of. So. If I was going to do any of these as a class workout, this would be the one. I would change a few things about it, but I do think it was it was just a really well-written workout. I liked the progression on the lunge, and I think the, the um, gymnastics progression was also done really well. Me and me specifically, I mean, 100%, I don't work on my gymnastics as much as I used to, like should. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I would say since the Open, I worked out two or three times a week, barely, and just like shit hit the fan. There was all like a lot of stuff going on, so it was very hard for me. And also, a month is not enough time to like get better at stuff. No. Um, so like putting in the reps wasn't there. I wasn't, my upper body was fine though. Um, but I'm, I'm really focusing on, I want to make a list because I feel like, again, I, it's visual for me and writing it down helps. But um, toes to bar, always been a weakness for me. Um, chest to bar, also <laughs> always been a weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, lunging felt great, although I did do one of the workouts the day before, which was dumb. Um, but I will say, having never done the overhead walking lunge with 35s, I've done them with 30s. And as a pretty flexible person in my upper body, holy shit. Five, five pounds <laughs> makes a difference. It was, it was, I was, I only, I managed it. I got him unbroken. I only had to do him like down and back. So 50 feet. But I, I watched the video because my camera worked for like one workout. Um, my left arm, which is usually my better side, like collapsed. Like my left arm would like bend a little bit every hmm. time I like would initiate. And I was like, geez. Um, but at the very end, I'm just like... <laughs> Man, like my face looks like it's in so much pain because I'm just like, don't fall. And I'm like arched a little bit. But I, um, I was, it was taking me nine steps down and back for all the other ones. I was still able to do it in nine steps. But so that was fantastic. And then I stood around for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, and I already could feel something in my palm. Oh, my hands are orange. Um, so I already was feeling a little bit of something on there. I got two bar muscle ups. I definitely could have gotten more had I not. I think my third or fourth try, it like fully ripped. Because mm-hmm. um, I was using a bar that I've never used. Um, but but you like the bar. I did like it. Yeah. It, I would. Yeah. Well, I was telling you earlier, I would never use grips on it. Because yeah. I just, I don't grip. I like to feel the bar. Um, was I anywhere near where like the... Like intended stimulus was no, mm-hmm. but I was proud of my effort on that. And like, it just gave me an idea of like where, Good. like the improvements. So like, it, even though like the weekend as a whole wasn't amazing, mm-hmm. that one made me feel a little bit better. And like, I know I could have gotten more bar muscle ups had I not ripped, but still happy, happy with the effort on it. How was your core? I feel like the core would play a factor too, stabilizing if the end. you're good at toes to bar... And you can link more than a few together. Probably would have been more affected. But for me, I felt like my core was fine. Yeah. It was more just stabilizing. Like, I think my upper back is kind of tight. So, like, the overhead was a little challenging. But mm-hmm. it was more, like, legs and then jumping to the bar. But it was more just I, fatigue. I, I actually recently realized that my upper back is very tight. My thoracic. Yeah. Because I've been doing... So, my goal is every day in April is to hold a five-minute squat. 
because I want to get my position and mobility better. Yeah. And like I, everybody knows I've been working on my ankle mobility forever, but mm-hmm. it's like, I think there's a lot of things up the chain that are not helping that. So what I've been doing is starting off with my heels raised up a little bit and sitting in a very good low position squat. And I've been focusing on really getting my extension of my mid back up. Mm-hmm. And at the end of those five minutes, my upper mid back is fried like cramping oh I bet painful and I was like oh my god like I really probably don't have a lot of strength and mobility here and when you think about it and not to go off on a side note tangent but if you have bad extension of the thoracic your chest is going to be more forward causing your knees to go further back to compensate in the balance mm-hmm. and your hips are going to go more in the back seat and it throws off the whole squat though yeah. so you think it's the ankles but it could be something that's in your upper body so I'm trying to work on that right now and See how it changes, and I took a picture. I'm gonna take a picture. I have a, a challenge that you can add in. What? Have you ever done a bridge? Like on the, the floor. Oh, yeah. There you go. Try and work on that too. Yeah. <laughs> like go against the wall and just like I had um, somebody do these for accessory because they also haven't tied up her back. But like, there's some drills you can do. If I do a bridge, I can do it. But I'm like leaning towards my knees because my upper back is so tight. Like yeah. my lower back is real flexible. But working on that, and it, I, like do the squat, and then next month do the do a bridge every day. I think also understanding what that is in your body, because mm-hmm. you tell most people to extend their mid back, and they're gonna overcompensate with their lower back because they just don't know how to move that part of their body. Yeah, they gotta learn how to twerk. Yeah. Through multiple parts of your body. That's why I'm not good at (laughs) twerking. Ah, I get it now. Um, But, you know, it's all these little things that you got to think about in proper movement that we haven't been working on for a long time. Yeah. Um, Or we've just spent so many years messing up. Um, All right. Test 2A. 10-minute AMRAP of six chest-to-wall handstand push-ups, nine GHD sit-ups, 12 box jumps at a high box, 30 and 24. And then 2B is immediately following test two way athletes will have five minutes to establish a one rep max clean. I like this one. I think it's cha- it's different for everybody. Yeah. Like if you're super proficient in the handstand pushups, it's going to be a box jump workout. If you're not super proficient in the handstand pushups, it's going to be a handstand pushup workout. And then when you get to that barbell, it's going to affect you in different ways. Cause if it was a box jump workout, you're not going to have a lot of leg drive going into that heavy bar. If it was a handstand push-up workout, then you're not going to have a lot of upper body stabilization to get that bar up and into that rack and then Mm -hmm. hold it. Um, So I think very creative on two aspects, addressing two different weaknesses or strengths in people to make that workout is what it is. Yeah. I like the high box that was in there too. Yeah. And I like the small reps because that fast it's it is fast but it can be tedious or monotonous where you're just kind of like doing the same you feel like you're in a merry-go-round mm-hmm. which i prefer sometimes it eh, depends like well how long was it 12 10 minutes 10 minutes um which can be like the longer that is like that i think well they did they did the wall walk dumbbell snatch box jump over one in the open oh that one oh. that was tough but uh, i sometimes i don't know Short reps can be helpful, but you end up kind of feeling you're like you're on a merry-go-round. Yeah. Um, this one, I had a moment. Nice. After the workout. Because I did some chest-to-wall when they like, when I first tried them, I did like five or six unbroken. 
But then I slowly learned that I was like further away from the wall and that's why they felt easier. So actually getting into the 10 inch position, I could only do one at a time. Mm-hmm. And I failed six or seven of them, I think. It took me mm, a long ass time to get through six reps. Um, and strict strength is not mm-hmm. my, I'm better at pulling than I am at pressing. Yeah. Um, so that position being that close to the wall was significantly harder. Um, for me and it just I where I would love to do that workout again when I know I'm better at that movement um but the B part I mean that was that's usually where I'm comfortable but like seeing I think I got that was my highest score was the lift but like I was like still 640th I think Mm -hmm. and to see how heavy the women in this age group, so 35 to 39, are lifting, I was like, oh my God. It's badass. I love it. Well, it also makes me feel like I can still re-hit old numbers or I can get stronger when I'm like, I'll be in the 40 to 44 next year, mm-hmm. even though I technically won't be 40 yet. But um, I'm like, okay, like I, I'm not, <laughs> like, even if I like kind of not going to hit those numbers, that's fine. I yeah. still want to, you know, I can have a pipe dream. If that's going to motivate me, but, um, it's still just, it's really motivating just to see the stuff that the people in the masters are capable of. Yeah. I get so. motivated when I can't do something or I suck at something. Like yeah. I like when that happens and very good example. There was a workout in the open three years ago now that had 50 pound dumbbell thrusters. And like, I didn't have the mobility to get into a front squat with two dumbbells that heavy. And it destroyed me. And I came back to that workout two years later for redemption and I crushed it. Oh, yeah. Like, I like when that shit happens and it's okay to have that happen. Yeah. I also want to ask as a side note, what do your moments look like after a bad workout? Oh, I cried. Because I get them too. I cried. Um, It was so Saturday morning and people started showing up to the gym and I just didn't want to be there anymore. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy saved the day and he was like, hey, let's come back later. I was like, done. That's why I like left. Cause like I was supposed to stay and have some, I was supposed to go between classes. Yeah. And I was like, I just don't want to be working out in front of people anymore. I think I'm not used to working out in front of people because I usually take Saturday class, but most of my time is spent at home. Mm -hmm. So you do get like, I get, I feel like I build such high expectations for myself and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be like a piece of shit. And I like, start getting upset so I did that workout I was pissed I was happy with the lift then realized that the camera didn't record <laughs> except for the lift and I was he just was like nope let's come back later because we had we had people working at the house so we had to, he had to get back um so that was like the best thing was just to have nobody around and just have my peace of mind Mm -hmm. because even though like i know i'm not gonna be in like the top percentage i still had goals for myself but that's um, what matters i think in this yeah so that for me i haven't cried from work let me see if i haven't cried from a workout in a while (gasps) how about kudos to jimmy for such a high level coaching he puts up characteristic (laughs) like talk about knowing your athlete and saying the right thing at the right time 100 percent he like I could, oh, he calms me down so easily. And I was just, he could tell I was like, cause I just, lo- I walked over to him and I just started crying. It didn't last long. I like moved on pretty well, but quickly. Yeah. Um, but the, he saved it by just saying like, come back. I was like, oh, thank God. Cause I didn't, I don't know. I just but- didn't want to work out in front of people. And I, I get anxious when I see somebody working out and I see somebody watching them mm-hmm. work out. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like, 
I could do a competition. That's fine because there's other people doing it. People are going to watch. That's fine. But if it's like just, just me you. working out and someone's staring there, standing there staring at me, the thought of it makes me makes me anxious. Or maybe I'm just watch, the more watching it makes me anxious. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I think yeah, I think it's just the thought of it. I think if I was in the moment, because I've had people watch, like I've been doing something before class. People watch me like do a lift or whatever. But um I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> new anxiety unlocked. Let, let, let's go round of applause for Jimmy. So whether you're in your car right now or you're on a run, I want random people just giving a round of applause throughout well, life when you listen to this. Yeah. Also, he stopped listening a long time ago. So I'm going to have to yeah. get him back to listen. Jimmy, tune in. Tune in. I'll tell you exactly what the timestamp is. Um, all right. Next one. Number three, which got a lot of shit thrown at it. Four time, 50 shuttle runs, seven rope climbs, 25 bench press, bench press being 185, 125, seven rope climbs, 50 shuttle runs. So up and down, chipper style. The 50 shuttle runs are 50 feet each for one rep. So that comprised yeah. altogether is like just short of a mile. And everybody said that this was a boring workout. It's stupid, blah, 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 blah. Listen. Running is something that is so essential and critical to what we do mm-hmm. all the time. And it's never been able to be tested in a standardized fashion up until now with shuttle runs. So who cares if it's 10 shuttle runs or a mile worth of shuttle runs? Yeah. We are still able to test that. As boring as it might be to you, we're still able to test running, which is a very critical part of our fitness. I like it. Yeah. And did it take me? Did I walk? Yes. Um, did I take like 10 minutes to do the 50? Yeah, because I had a 30 minute cap and my legs were fried. Um, but was it 30 minutes? Yeah, it was a 30 minute cap. Was it? Tw- no, 20. Yeah, no, 30 no, 30. Oh, you scared me. 20. I'm like, oh, whoopsies. Huh, nice. <laughs> oh no, I put the wrong score in. Um, but so, I mean, I walked, there was a couple of like jogging. My legs were shot at this point and I wanted, so I did three workouts between the span of like 7am and then I was back like one, one thirty. Mm-hmm. So I was done around like three thirty. So I did three workouts fairly quickly. Um, if you want to count one of them as like a full work, the chest to wall handstand push up wasn't really like a full workout, but, um, yeah, one, who cares if it's boring? Mm-hmm. Like it's a workout. You don't have to like as a professional athlete, there's days in the gym that are boring. Like, why do you have to expect every workout is going to be exciting? Like, you need to test not only, like, your in, your how you can endure something like that, but it's also the mental side of it. Like, can you maintain, like... That's why I ran 20 miles. Right. Like, boring you, as shit. Exactly. So, I mean, not everything is going to be butterflies and rainbows or, you know, skulls mm-hmm. and crossbones and like heavy metal music like you're just gonna have to sometimes just endure the boring stuff and Mm -hmm. i think that was again a really good workout because you're hinging down and touching the floor so essentially you're almost like kind of doing like the rope climb of bringing your knees up so you're like again very similar motions even though they're different Mm -hmm. and then you're pulling and then you have the press of the bench and there's just enough reps in there to really fatigue your pecs and your shoulders and then you're pulling again, and then you have to run all over again. So you just had, like, this, like, really cool middle part, which was really well-programmed. But then, like, you have to do the boring shit again. Yeah. Like, th- you can't get out of it. I think people overlook the nastiness of a combination of bench press and rope climb. Oh, yeah. It's just a classic push-pull, but yeah. 
like that workout, like anytime you do bench press and rope climb, it gets pretty nasty. Yeah. So I like that middle part. And then the mental aspect on either end, it's like, screw it, do hard things, do hard shit. Um, anything else on that one? The bench was heavy. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think I got like 11 on it. I was taking my time. Yeah. Again, at that time, I was kind of just so exhausted and I didn't want to have to come in the, the next day to do anything because I had plans. But mm-hmm. I would have come in at like 6 a.m. if I had to. Um, but I liked, again, the 125, 185 was a separator. Yeah. And I think it was a well, it was a good weight to pick yeah. um, because people that are really good at running and like the body weight movement, like a rope climb, you're going to be challenged with the bench with the bench. So I think that that was um, a smart thing. Like they could have done bench, bunch of rope climbs, bench, same idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like it. Yeah. And then the last one, repeat barn burner, just kind of close your eyes and go until it's over. 27, 21, 15, 9, row calories and thrusters. So I've been on record saying that I like this workout. Mm-hmm. I'm still a fan of it. Um, it's just painful. It is painful. And I think, so the first time I did it was in 2015 when it came out. And I remember where I was at, they were having a, we had a cookout after, like we did like a big like Saturday morning kind of thing. And there was a cookout. And I remember I was in like the front of like all the heats. I was in the front like square or whatever and the 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 smoke from the grill came in and I like was choking on the friggin' air. So um it did did kind of like screw with me a little bit. And then I decided to do it 2 days later. And my I call them like my nuggets, like my VMOs on my quads were so sore. Mm-hmm. Um but I I beat it i was sub 10 on that workout nice then (laughs) i didn't look at my time this time i just saw the workout i go all right class is gonna start soon i need to do something just to get it out of the way Mm -hmm. and not take up a lot of space because i didn't know what my plan was gonna be had i remembered how painful it was in terms of like soreness the next day i probably i would not like if i was gonna actually take the time to do all of these would not have i would have done that like last yeah um because I was like, oh, I'm going to like lose all my power output. There's not a lot of squatting. And I, I, would, I didn't, I power cleaned the barbell. I didn't squat that. Yep. So there's not a lot of squatting. The lunging, yeah, you're going to be sore, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but I was proud of how the speed was on the row. And, but I didn't make it hurt like I should have. I was only like a minute slower, but. Well, let me ask you this. Oftentimes when we are earlier on in CrossFit, and we don't understand how everything is exactly going to feel, we're more likely to go to that real bad hurt locker. Do you think it was effective? Do you think it had an effect on you now after doing it for so long and knowing how bad a workout like this would hurt of going back to that place? No. I think I just forgot how – I think I was nervous – because I could have done higher reps on that bar. I, I, I don't even know what my rep schemes were back then. But I broke the barbell more than I should have, hoping that I could keep a certain pace on the row. And I should have just sucked it up and held the bar longer because... Mm-hmm. That's where you'll the, make up time. I would have made up time there because every time I put the bar down, that's at least 10 to 15 seconds of me whining and yeah. staring at the bar versus I can stay moving on the row um, even if it's like quote unquote slow. So I would have held on much more, maybe like one break for the 27 and then probably 
I think I did two sets on this on the twenty seven this time. And then I probably I should have just held on to it. Yeah, I, 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 I think a workout like this, you can't give your brain a chance mm-mm. to have a say in the matter. Oh, I tell people that all the time. I go, go, like, let it hurt after. Don't even think about it. Yeah, because, like, it, in a workout like that, if you put that bar down, it doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you tell yourself before the workout. You're going to look at that bar, and your brain is going to start telling you things. And it's going to take yeah. 5, 10, 15 seconds. It's going to say, oh, we're not ready. We don't want to go back to that painful point where it's like if you just go – and you hurt and you don't give your brain a chance to make that decision for you, yeah. you're going to be better off. And at least something like on the rower, even if you go slow, you can continue moving. Mm-hmm. Like with the thruster, if you put that bar down, it could be detrimental to your time. Yeah. But again, another one. I like it. Yeah. I got very excited when I saw it. And I think I kind of guessed that workout when I saw, cause I saw the floor plans and I was like, Oh, rower and a bar, like it could be thrusters and rowing. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I think, Overall, I think the workouts were appropriate. I think they had good separators um, with the weights and the gymnastics movements um, and with how fast people were doing some of the workouts were insanely impressive. I mean, that f- the lunge workout, people were doing that. I wanted a lot of them were like, so I can't remember off the time. It's like sub 10, like they were in the six minutes, I That's think crazy. six to seven or eight. Yeah, I I like it. And, you know, back to the original point that we made, it's like it's okay to have new movements and suck at them. It makes you better as a person. And it's like just be ready for it. That's that's the very essential classic CrossFit methodology. Whatever comes out of the hopper, you should be ready to go. Work capacity across broad time modal domains. So, like, uh, something comes in like a crossover or something that you're not used to. You should be ready for it. That's CrossFit. How fun would it be if we made a hopper and every class got to do their own version of their workout, whatever they picked out of it? That'd be cool. That would be fun. We should do that. It would have to be a Monday workout or like a Tuesday where like you're not, it's not like we like deadlifted and did some kind of pulling and like mm-hmm. then they're all, oh, no, we're doing all the same movements, but that'd be, that'd be fun. Everyone would have a little different workout. <laughs> Let's figure that out. I <laughs> oh, like that. Fun. Okay. All right. Anything else to add on the quarterfinal workouts? No, I mean, I just, I think people are giving them a bad rap and yep. I think they are appropriate for people and uh, who cares if they take that many people, like give us something to, I'll pay $50 just to feel like I made it to a, like another step. Yeah. Um, I think it's all about mindset going into this and setting goals for yourself um, personally, rather than like worrying about even on like what, how you are on the leaderboard. Yeah. Um, and it just gives you more motivation for next year. Yeah. And to everybody, you know, the vast majority of people, whether you made it or you didn't make it, it's like, give them a try. They're fun. And it's Mm -hmm. okay to have it be hard because if you just kind of lock yourself in that little locker of things that you think you can do, you're never really going to learn what you're truly capable of. So it's like, you know, challenge yourself, try a new movement, get better at it, and then have that movement come up again at a later date and crush it. And that's a very gratifying small win that, you know, we could take with ourselves. Um, Awesome. Anything else? That is it. All righty. Well, ooh, Shaquette and Roy are back. Welcome back. All right, everybody. That is another episode of the Whiteboard Brief Podcast. We will be back with you in two weeks. Again, if you have any ideas on episodes that you want us to cover, just let us know and we will absolutely get on into it. Have an awesome day. See ya.